Welcome to the Business Networking Show, brought to you by your partnerships. Here is your host, Lee Randall Pybus. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. I am so excited to bring you this episode. We recently had our first Your Partnerships webinar, which was a great success. We had 200 people booked for this one. And uh, what really excited me is the fact that we managed to pull in Mr. James Sinclair to be part of this webinar. Uh, He did some great stuff, giving people the fundamentals for a successful business. I'm a massive fan of James Sinclair. He does a great podcast called The Business Broadcast, where he helps business owners with any challenges they have uh, and helps them to grow their business so make sure you check out that if you can Uh, but in the meantime enjoy this little bit of James Sinclair that we had on the webinar and I'm sure you'll take away some good stuff from it hello guys I'm James Sinclair I'm a business owner here in the UK um I do run this thing called the Entrepreneurs University and I'm gladly making a little advert for it here on my jumper. But really, I'm a business owner. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about me. Um, I own seven separate million pound plus brands here in the UK, mainly around the family entertainment space, although I've got quite a big commercial property portfolio as well. Um, we own a chain of indoor play centers. We make teddy bears. We've made over a million teddy bears. Uh, we've got a chain of day nurseries. We've just opened our eighth one. Uh, we've uh, just bought a zoo. Uh, this year, I reckon we'll do about 15 million in sales. We've got about 650 full and part-time team members um uh, i've wrote three books i wrote this one called the millionaire clown uh, which is like all the best rules to grow your business i've also wrote uh, this one called the experience business uh, which is what i believe sme businesses should be focusing on right now um, and i've also wrote another one called getting customers and there's no short guesses for what that's about it's about getting customers easier faster and for less money than you ever thought possible so i've wrote those three books um i've got a brilliant management team around me that's helped me um, achieve where i want to go in my life um quick question for everyone that's watching on the webinar hello to you all um one of the other things I do as well is I, I make a lot of video. I've got a YouTube channel. It's called the James Sinclair YouTube channel. There's over 500 videos on that YouTube channel designed to help grow your business. Um, I've also done a podcast called The Business Broadcast where I coach live on air business owners for free. I don't coach anymore. The only thing that I do now is run Marginers University, which is like an online training platform, uh, which people love. You know, there's everything from property investment, buying businesses for no money, how to grow your business, scale your business, uh, recruit the best team members. And I've put cheat sheets, blueprints and all of that stuff in there. Um, people try it free. That's only 50 quid a month. So I don't do any coaching or mentoring or anything like that anymore. Uh, I, I see myself as CEO of the Party Man Group, which is my leisure and entertainment business, um, and I focus my time on that. But I love speaking on stages. I love inspiring business owners and entrepreneurs to grow their businesses. So that's why I don't mind doing some stuff like that. Write a fourth book at the moment called The Dream Team, um, all about the team members you need around you to build a super successful business. Um, and I'm really looking forward to doing that. Uh, Nicola, hello to you and Colin and Mary, who's now coming in on the comments. Here's what I'd like to do, though. I'd like to ask you a quick question. Has your business 
been affected by coronavirus? And have you had any really good pivoting ideas of how to take your business forward? If you could hit that in the comments um, on the webinar, because I think that really inspires people, because there's two groups of people that I've discovered over the pandemic. Those that have not done anything and battened down the hatches, protected what they've got, ready for the economy to reopen and go back. And then there's those that have pivoted. So my entrepreneur's university was a pivot. Uh, I used to run live seminars, go speaking all around the world, speaking at conferences. I obviously can't do that anymore. So I've put it all online. That's an example of a pivot, my teddy bear business. Um, We've made over a million teddy bears. Uh, and we was a wholesale business. We supplied leisure attractions like Drayton Manor, for example, um, and farm parks. Um, and they were all closed. So it's forced us to become a B to C business because we were sitting on half a million pounds worth of stock and uh, we had to sell it. So we got on Amazon, we've got on Etsy, um, we've got on uh, eBay. And now we know when the world goes back to normal, we'll rebirth our wholesale business, but also have a really strong consumer based business. So I'd like to touch on some of those things some little stories of how people have actually come out of coronavirus in a really good way i've still been buying quite a bit of commercial property we bought an industrial estate in november and we got a better deal because of coronavirus the zoo that we've just bought wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for coronavirus so i do think there are a pocket of opportunities out there for business owners that want to grow their business um okay so if you've um if you've been affected by coronavirus, uh, please let me know uh, in the comments. Uh, I'm just uh, I'm just seeing here, uh, Kirsty. Whoa, 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 whoa. We've been ridiculously busy as letting agency. Our pivot uh, was that we are now carrying out video tours on properties, which has saved a ton of time and is something we'll continue in the future to help streamline our application process. Brilliant example. One of the things that nothing to do with business. My sister is a director at the NHS. They've been trying to get doctors to do video appointments for years, and doctors have been really reticent to go and do something like that and that's when people failed to turn up to appointments they would just have these swathes of time in their diary because people have forgot being a human being and so less people could be seen by doctors now doctors are happy to do video appointments so more people are being seen they do the first one face to face but the catch-up things can be done on video so i think there's going to be real massive efficiencies in the nhs after this and covid has forced that to happen it's forced us to change our behavior forced us to do things like this Liz has said I've also started a podcast since lockdown brilliant Kim with many people working remotely the pandemic has opened a whole new market for virtual working here's my opinion though Kim uh I, I think everyone's going to go back to the offices um all of my team, they want to be back in the office. They want to be part of culture. Uh, we've always had a hybrid working environment for our senior people anyway. You can work from home if you want, or you can work in the office with our people. We manage people on output, not input. And I think great cultural companies should be doing that anyway. So I do think people are going to come back to the office. Um, Kay says, I'm one of the fortunate ones as offered my services online as well as face-to-face. -face. I mean, there's loads of you here. Uh, my voice over business experience downturns, Mark. So I created an online course, bingo. Well, no. Well, well done. Look, man, this is good. BJ here, um, brilliant. Uh, look, there's some really good new stuff here. Uh, brilliant, brilliant. Hello, James. Nice to see you again. Um, well, there we go. Right. Let's get into this. Let's give you some real value to help grow your business. That's what I'm passionate about, people, people growing their business. And I'm just going to give you the basics on what I tell entrepreneurs to do and my companies, what I do. Number one, you've got to have a vision. And you're going to have a vision with an end in mind. Um, 
seven habits of highly effective people and I, what I call the eight traits of great entrepreneurs is thinking with the end in mind. In fact, I'm going to share this little thing with you, the eight traits of great entrepreneurs. I think I'd like to start with that and then move neatly on. So here's what I believe um, great entrepreneurs do, the, the eight massive habits that they have. Number one is they start with the end in mind. What do we want to build? What does it look like when it's finished? And you see, that's what successful people in education do. You meet someone that says they want to be a vet. They want to be a doctor. They want to be a barrister. They actually know why they're going through the education process. So when things get tough, like when running a business, it does get tough. If you know what you're trying to build at the end, then you can really go like gangbusters. Chance, I'm just going to quickly go up here on the flip chart. Um, and I just want to show you this real good little method. Um, and I've put this in my Entrepreneurs University. When you're building a business, and you're really entrepreneurial, this is what we want. We have a nice finish date. What does the business look like when it's finished? And we want to put this into two sections. We want to have the end of the 12 months. So what does our business look like in the end of 12 months and then in 10 years? Because it is my belief that we can get our business finished within 10 years to be a super successful, profitable machine, a commercially profitable enterprise. So we're going to put, you know, we're on, what's the date today? 17th February, isn't it? 17th of Feb 2022 next year. And then the 17th of Feb 2032. So our business is going to be finished in 10 years. Yeah, I can sort of see myself there. Um, hopefully you guys can see that. No, I think we're going to need to zoom out just a little bit, Chuds. A uh, little bit. Yeah, that's perfect. Everyone can see that now. Um, and then we want to work out what our profit's going to be. So we're going to say, what's our profit going to look like in 12 months? And what's our profit going to look like when the business is finished? Then we know what revenue we need to bring in. So what revenue do we need to bring in to make that profit? And this is the right way round of working that gang. Next, we're going to work out what team we need. What team do we need to bring in that revenue? What revenue do we need to bring in that profit? Next, the culture. What culture do you want in your business? And we're going to dot this down because as a business grows and it gets bigger and you bring more people in, culture could be tarnished as the business organization takes off. And then lastly, what do we need to become to have all these things? What do you need to do? So let's go down here. We'll put some numbers in, for example. Say at the end of this year, we want to make 150K profit. We then say, right, we need to bring in 1 million of sales to make that. But when the business is finished, we want to make 1 million of profit. Uh, we need to bring in 8 million of sales to do that. What team do we need? Well, over here, I need a PA, so I'm not doing stupid things in the business. I want to be on the business. I mean, one of the first things that I believe business owners should employ is an admin assistant, a PA, to go and get your lunch, take your dry clean out, book your holidays, get your car cleaned, um, look after your diary, look after your email so that you can focus on sales and marketing because that's what grows an organization. Um, and then you're going to need a bookkeeper to look after the money, be the bean counter in the business. But over here, you might need an executive assistant. And over here, not a bookkeeper, you might actually now need an FD that's really going to be a super bean counter that's going to grow the business. And then we're going to list down the culture of the business. You know, how do we want 
want our people to behave? What's our customer service? What's our vision for the business that people understand that we really look after customers go at the end? And then we want to list it down when the business is bigger. What systems are we going to put in place to make sure the culture stays on point? Because when you have strong culture in a business, you always have stronger sales. Now, here's the thing, gang. You know, when you look at great companies like Amazon, uh, sorry, Apple, you know, they're spending 45 minutes a day training their people in their stores. So they really drive the culture home to the business. Let me just say that one more time. Apple are spending 45 minutes a day, every single day, training the culture into their business, training the sales into their business. They have a massively strong culture. Anyone that goes into an Apple store will see this, and that's why they continually to perform all the other things. And then lastly, down here, you. What have you got to become? And what are you got to do to have all these things to have the life that you want to do? Now, this is the formula that I teach for real simple business planning in a business. Uh, let's get back down here, Chance. Um, hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Hello. Um, so, yeah, we've got to know what we're trying to build and what the future looks like. Uh, yeah, I'm going to put that back there, Chance. I've got to cover the uh, laptop screen up, guys, because I want to look at the camera and not the laptop screen. Um, just quickly in the comments, do people do stuff like that? Have you got a 10-year plan for your business? Do you know what your business looks like when it's finished? Some people come up to me and say, James, I don't need to know what my business looks like when it's finished because it's ever-growing. But you can have what it looks like in the next generation, but you've got to be looking at 10-year business plans. One of my favorite phrases for businesses, everyone overestimates what can be done in a year, but underestimates what can be done in 10 years. You can achieve so much more if you think in 10 years chunks. Now, one of the things that sits on my desks is this. This is my uh, golden plan of all the 44 things that I want to get done over the next one to 10 years. Um, and this reminds me, so when I'm having those daydream moments when I'm thinking, oh God, I just, you know, oh, I feel a bit poo because I'm a human being. I look at my list on my desk, the golden list, and I think, right, yes, come on, let's get on it. I'm looking at things on here and I've generated, some of those things have already gone now. So I've got these big goals. I've got them written down. I've got them in a photo frame on my desk. This stuff works. Right, let's move on. Um, when you've got a big, powerful thing like that, um, what I've just described there. That gives you the ability to teach your team, to educate your team on what we're trying to do as an organization. And that's how you create strong culture. So there's two things that I think business owners should be working on in businesses. That more than anything is innovation and culture. If you don't innovate your business, you're going to evaporate. If you look at the end of the 2000s, uh, oh, sorry, the end of the 90s, and we asked everyone who's the dominant technology player in the world, everyone would have said Sony. And Sony thought they were so good, they stopped innovating. But then this bloke called Steve Jobs came along who out-innovated Sony. And they were like then the champions of um, technology. Now, Sony obviously still have a place in the environment, but Apple kept on innovating. See, when your business is at the top of its game, make sure you're still going through the process of innovation because the world is constantly innovating. You know, we're seeing this with cars. They're going all electric now. You know, they've got to continually innovate. Um, and the market is always out innovating you, even when you're at the top of your game. So constantly innovation. And then culture, if you have a really strong culture in your business, you're always going to have strong sales and strong profitability as a result. But who's going to manage all this stuff? Well, there's a little formula for business. I'm going to just write this up now as well. Sorry, Chuds, that you're going to have to come back in with the camera. This is my little secret formula for success, and I want you guys to know this. I'm going to share it with you. Um, I'm just going to bring this over here. If you follow 
this formula game, your business will be successful. I don't even see that. I'm just going to bring that in. There we go, Charles. I've got it in there. That's E plus M equals S. E plus M equals S. What does that mean? Well, that means entrepreneurship plus management equals success. And if you follow that formula for success, you're going to be going to the races. See, there's a different set of DNA between the management and the leadership in a business. And businesses need both. Um, and if you find that you're doing everything yourself, you're going to go through burnout. See, I work 100% of my time on growing my business, and I put a management team in to operate my business. I've been doing that since I was 17 years old. I don't subscribe to this feeling of I can't afford staff because I employed two people by the age of 17. So if you can do that as a teenager, you can definitely do that as an established business owner. You just might have to sacrifice some of your income to be able to build a team. So there's three stages of a business gang. You build a profitable job and you want to quickly build it into a profitable business and then over time build it into a profitable investment. What do I mean by that? Well, a profitable job is usually a solopreneur. You've got no employees. You get to retirement. You want to sell your business and you start thinking actually i'm selling a job here i'm swapping time for money here um, the next stage is building a business and really that's when you start bringing employees in and a management team to run the day-to-day -day so that you can focus full-time on sales and marketing and growing the business getting deals over the line doing the impossible not the possible and that's really what the formula is. Entrepreneurship plus management equals success. The, the entrepreneur is thinking about what happens in the next quarter, the next year, the next generation, the next 10 years. They're thinking about what the business looks like when they're dead, where the management is looking after the second to second, minute to minute, hour to hour, day to day, week by week stuff. The best analogy that I can give to running a fantastic business is a school. If you're the entrepreneur, you're the head teacher thinking about what this school looks like in the future. But your management is your teachers and your success to the students, which are your customers, all are down to the quality of the management you put in place, i.e. the teachers. But the teachers are attracted to the head teacher that's got a really powerful vision for the school. Um, we've spoken about their profitable job, profitable business, profitable uh, investment. Uh, when I wrote this book, The Millionaire Clown, um, I, I documented this and I created this thing called the Entrepreneur's Pyramid. Three types of businesses, three types of entrepreneurs. The sheep, that's 8% of business owners. They're doing the same day in, day out. No real vision for what they want to do. They're waiting for it to happen, if ever. Then you've got the oxes. You'll be most of these people because you're on here, you want to develop us. I still see myself as an ox really doing massive working hours. They're very good at turning money. They fear failure, moments of glory. They've got a control complex over the business. Sometimes they say stuff like this, that if you want a job done well, do it yourself. Whereas I would now say, if you want a job done well, make sure your training's good enough. And that's a big difference. And then the top level entrepreneurs are eagles. This is the, the trait of great business owners. They're looking for talented people to come and work for them. That's their primary focus. What's the best possible person I can get coming to work for them? They're looking for the right opportunities. They don't just do things for turnover. They do things for profit. They're fantastic, fantastic marketeers. They spend most of their time on getting and keeping customers. They're great at making deals happen and joint ventures. And they believe in this formula called OST, Objective Strategies and Tactics. The business owner comes up with the objective of what business is going to change. They bring in the management to come up with the strategies and tactics. Strategies and tactics can change as long as the objective stays on point.
Let's have a look at wars here. You look at World War One. no objective strategies or tactics. No one knows why they were killing each other. A complete and utter mitigated disaster. World War Two. the objective was, let's get rid of this bloke in Germany with the funny moustache. He's killing everyone. We don't like him. That's a strong objective. The strategies and tactics on how they won the war changed. Yeah, we need intelligence. Uh, should we send in the Navy? That didn't work. Right, let's get some more intelligence. Should we send in the Air Force? Let's get some more intelligence. The strategies and tactics changed in World War II, but the objective stayed on point. That's why there was such a better culture in World War II than World War I. Now, I want to give you some real business stuff that I've learned over the time. I'm just going to whiz past this. Guys, all of this stuff, by the way, if you want to watch in details in my Entrepreneurs University, my gift to you is you can try it free for 14 days. Go to my website, jamesinclair.net. I've created like a 100 different video modules and they're all keep going in, whether it's buying businesses, growing businesses, scaling businesses, getting the most out of your team, raising finance. It's all in the Entrepreneurs University. Give it a try free 14 days at jamesinclair.net. I guarantee it help grow your business. Um, the other things that I've discovered that people that grow businesses do really well is they, they work on sales, marketing, communication. They learn how to master cash flow. One of the questions most asked of me is, if you knew what you knew now, what would you change? Well, I would have employed a fully qualified accountant uh, before paying myself as soon as I possibly could. Now, I've got an FD and accountant that works for me. I wish I had done that a lot sooner. That's when you've got that resource, you start making really good decisions. Um, I want to quickly talk about my three KPI rule, the three most important KPIs that you should be tracking in your business. Number one is your monthly profit and loss. If you are waiting for your accountant to tell you how profitable you are in business, then you're on the downward slope gang. You should be in a position, you tell your accountant how profitable you are and you get your accountant to tell you how to make that as much tax efficient as possible. So you want to be producing a monthly profit and loss that you study and understand and enjoy getting. Um, it's management accounts, profit and loss, whatever you like to call it, but you want monthly accounts. Second, we produce average customer uh, value. We understand the ACV. Uh, this is the beauty of business because whatever sector you're in, you've got an average customer value and you want to be increasing the average customer value year on year, not just your turnover. So if you're an accountant, you're turning a million quid, you've got 10 customers, your average customer value is £100,000 per customer. The job is, how can we get that customer value to be 110000 in the next financial year? Because usually by increasing average customer value on the existing customer, a big chunk of that extra turnover usually falls to the bottom line. Third, the biggest cost in most businesses walks on two legs. So you want to be tracking how much you're spending on your labor compared to your ratio, uh, your labor to turnover ratio. So for retail, it's 13% of your turnover is spent on labor. In childcare, day nurseries like ours, we aim for 50%. For leisure, as close as we can get to 30% as possible. So you want to understand what those industry norms are on your labor to turnover ratio and make sure that they are all measured because if you're not measuring it how can you test it and how can you improve it you need that business plan you need to know how to raise capital if you want to do what i'm doing um let's just uh, talk about one more thing before we wrap up here and do some q a multiple streams of income coronavirus has taught me this more than ever if you look at my businesses my theme parks leisure attractions they've been closed but my day nursery business has continued to thrive through lockdown in fact we've opened two more day nurseries you want to create multiple revenue streams that fold into your existing empire see 
the language of leverage is what entrepreneurs that really go like gangbusters um that's their that's their superpower see this is a leverage task writing a book you do the work once and it continues to work for you forever um you buy a property and you continue to keep the rent going you do a deal and it keeps on paying you that's leverage but there's other things that you can leverage in a business now most of us think of leverage as a finance tool like you've got a property it's got a million pounds worth of equity how can we leverage that equity everyone gets that but there's other things your management team your IP, your brand, your database, your knowledge and know-how. How can you leverage those things in your business? Um, once you use leverage to the maximum of its ability, you really start growing businesses. Um, you know, Disney are a great example of this, where they leverage the content they make and turn it into toys and holidays and Disney cruises. Um, and every successful entrepreneur that I meet leverages that database, leverages that equity, leverages that management team, leverages that know-how and folds it into their existing empire. How good was that? I was so lucky to have James Sinclair on the webinar and I hope you managed to get some really good advice from it to implement within your business and just inspire you to go forward really because that's what he does for me every day. I listen to his podcast all the time, follow his YouTube channel as well. I'm going to put the links to those in the show description but uh, in the meantime please pop over to his website it's www.jamessinclair.net and try out his entrepreneurs university because it's free for 14 days as he said in this episode thanks very much for listening everybody back soon for another great show thank you for listening to the business networking show brought to you by your partnerships check out all our upcoming networking events at yourpartnerships.co.uk